PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Episode 448 of Cinema Crespity. So I'm your host, Chris Crespo, and I am winding up, and I think I'm about to explode. And here we go. Oh my god. That was a tiny little explosion. <laughs> that, you know, signifies much of my life. Lots of buildup, and then. Nothing. Exactly. Thank you very much. Jurassic Hagman, how you doing? Doing. Uh, how's your summer been? It's been. It's been. I mean, we're. It's, I've, been, we're I've been working. We're now in the midst of summer. You are. You are working in the summer. Yeah. You were. You're having a summer because you're working so hard. Mm. You're supposed to be having a summer where I, you're just chilling. That's what works. But that's not. What I you're picked doing. the wrong industry for that. Not this. Definitely for the, the rest begin. of my life. <laughs> there's gonna be. A, <laughs> there's got to be a point where you get to a level where other people are having a summer, and you're like, I'm having a summer. Yeah. No. no. I mean, eventually, I'll be able to make. Enough money to do that, but that's gonna be that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're gonna get to a point eventually where you can have a summer. It's gonna be a while, it's gonna be a while though. What you can do, I'm gonna have lots of winters. No, while while everybody else is having a winter, Mm, yeah, I'm gonna be having a winter, but but you want to have a summer though. You're missing out on your summers, so what you do is you take that winter and you vacation in the southern hemisphere, (laughs) yeah, of course, and then you have yourself a summer, (laughs) right? You can go see Australian Santa. Oi, come down to Melbourne and hang I with Australian Santa, don't mate. Don't want to spend that much time on a plane. Oh boy, that's that's the thing, right? It's so far away. So li- literally so the far. other side of the world, Chris. So it'd have to be a l- at least like a two week trip minimum to justify that that length of. Uh, I mean, probably longer. A month, a full month, at least traveling the coast. First, you hit up Melbourne, then you go to Canberra, then you hit up Sydney. Then you go to I'm out of cities. Come on, there's gotta be <laughs> there's gotta be a fourth Australian city. I'm sure there's a bunch of them, Chris. I know, but I'm saying we to think of one. Can you think of any other than Canberra? I don't even know if I'm saying but that I one right. I want to go to Australia with, during the summer. Their entire continent's on fire, just like here where 
our entire it's the West ca- coast is on fire. It's the California of the Asiatic waters. <laughs> <laughs> During the summer, it just lights on fire. Um, well, then how about uh, South America? Argentina. I mean, I don't speak a lot of Spanish. Who needs to speak Spanish? We're going to Argentina. Hey, hey, hey. Give me a cerveza. Donde está el baño? Hola, chicas. Uh, te gusta el Suicide Squad? <laughs> you ask them this time of year. Maybe they don't have it yet. Uh, they, may, they may travel differently down there. I'm just saying, you gotta gotta make sure you have a summer. Uh, I'm I'm trying to do full summer mode. I'm not tan enough, but it's hard for me to. Ironically, hard for me to tan because I spend so long out of the sun that if I do spend prolonged times in the sun, uh, it's like oh, it hurts, it burns. But then after a while, it gets brown. What I'm saying is my I'm trying to go for my aesthetic this year. I don't know if I vocalized this on the show. But my aesthetic is uh, uh, South South American CIA. Operative from the seventies, like he's been there for too long. Yeah, from the seventies, he's like in deep. He's been there for a few years. Spanish is still poor, but he's he's, he's Spanish dressed. is poor, and he still dresses like an American, but it's the same. That's the cover, though. <laughs> That's the cover. The he's the expat. He's the vacationer. He's the tourist. Yeah, and he's supposed to be working, but it's been a while since they've sent him a mission. <laughs> At this point, he's just babysitting. He's just babysitting Corto Maltese. I'm the guy, I'm the CIA guy in Corto Maltese. He was like, is that a starfish? Juicy Cogman, let's talk about um, the Suicide Squad spoiler-free review. Okay. Which means we're not going to talk about who lives or who dies. But I will say this. James Gunn said in the marketing, don't get attached to any of the characters. And surely this has the highest mortality rate of any comic book movie I've, I've seen. Oh, yeah. Outside, oh, I mean, outside I mean, of a Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. I'm between... Um... Just uh, the mass casualty event and uh, all the actual quote unquote heroes. Yeah, yeah, actual characters. Yeah, like on top of uh, that that side the side murder that happens in these movies mm-hmm. that are rarely addressed or glossed over. This one's like, no, they die. No. Um, the actual characters that you're following. Many of them die early, and then the ones that end up growing attached to, many of them die as well. Yeah, along yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but then sit through the credits. Don't sit through the credits, but sit through the credits for just the after credit scenes to see which character gets to gets to continue that's, on. That's almost kind of been spoiled, though. Like if you know, if you know production, if you know production and what's going on in the DCEU, which isn't much, <laughs> which isn't much of an EU to be fair. Yeah, right. You know, this is like the the one thing. Like, hey, this is actually a continuation of this. If you know what characters get into continuation from this movie, yeah. I actually drew assumed that. Uh, we're talking about the Peacemaker. I assume. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. We know we talk about the Peacemaker show. I assume that the Peacemaker show may have been not assumed. I was like, I bet you it's going to be a prequel. And I mean, that, it still could be. It could, it could, no, what they establish is for sure. They're like, we need this guy no. to stuff another thing. So the, I was like, oh, okay, it's not a prequel. But I was like, that is a good out for them, where they could say we got a show based on the Peacemaker, and then in the movie they could still kill the character, and then like, yeah, it's a prequel show. It's like Black Widow. They killed mm-hmm. Black Widow, and I was like, oh, we got a prequel movie. Right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, so that's not, that's not even so. That's not really a spoiler because if you know if that show's happening, then you know John Cena is going to continue in this character. He's going to be peacemaker for a while with the beacon. What was it? The beacon of liberty, beacon of freedom. It's a beacon. His helmet, his yeah, stupid helmet. His his toilet seat, <laughs> his, toilet, <laughs> his chrome toilet seat helmet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a huge cast, fun cast. It's a yeah, it's a fun movie, but 
expectations were pretty high, I think, Drew. So now that we've seen it and we've, uh, it's been a minute, you've slept on it, what do you think? I mean, it was hella violent. And yes. I do enjoy CG violent. And, and I do enjoy that the majority of the violence was played for laughs. Yes, it is a It is way more a com- comedic. It is way more a comedy than anything else. This movie is an action comedy. But it's also James Gunn, as he's gotten older, likes to throw in his little bits of uh, drama, gravitas, like oh, uh, you know, even the rats can be used for yeah. that kind uh-huh. of shit, yeah, you know. Yeah. Which is fine. It is fine. Um yeah, it's fine. It, it, it's good. It keeps it from it just was, being... It was uh, fun seeing Taika Waititi. Yes. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. What? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's been on the internet a bunch. How, how It's fun seeing him, but apparently... Uh, I don't know how true this is, but... Um, I don't know if it's a delay or the death of... But his Akira project is no longer happening. Yeah. Because apparently that hole in his schedule allowed for that. But it's such a short cameo anyway... Uh, I don't I don't see how those things are tied down. Shit, who gives a shit? So, huge cast. Uh, some James Gunn regulars. Mm-hmm. We got some newbies. We got a couple people coming over from the first movie. If you pay attention to the marketing and all the characters that they show, you can tell like which characters are grouped together and which ones never cross over in the marketing. Yeah. If they don't cross over in the marketing, that's essentially true in the movie. No. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There's these these characters are separate characters. And if you pay attention to the marketing uh in terms of like battle damage, right? Like there's a where oh man, they're getting worse looking and dustier yeah. and like further along. Um, you can tell who, how far people get, who lives and who dies. So in the very beginning, like they tease a couple of big deaths. No, that if you were paying attention, you're like these characters ain't dead. <laughs> they, they're not dead. And then within ten minutes, like okay, here we go. They're they're in here because you know they're in a bunch of the movie because of the marketing. No. Anyway, I'm saying uh, it's hard to market a movie with so many characters with the conceit being so many of them are going to die. Yeah. But then, and, how that's, you, and that's kind of the point of the movie. Yes. Yeah, so and then, how much of a movie do you show? Because then it gives away. Well, these, no. these characters, a lot of these characters, obviously don't make it to the finale. Hmm. The kaiju finale. Yeah. What'd you think of that? The big... Star Star was fun. I, I'm, Star was interesting. I'm surprised that that's the villain they went for. Right. Well, I guess the villain would be. Mm, well, isn't the villain the U.S. government? <laughs> Still. It's fun. I mean, I never in a million years did I think I was going to see Starro on the screen. You know, a giant so, one-eyed fucking it's, uh, answer starfish. Dement- yeah, yeah, or uh, alien. Yeah, extraterrestrial starfish. Uh, you knew about? Did you know about Starro head, Tom? I, yeah. I had no idea. I, this is a brand new introduction. I've known of Starro. You've known of Starro, the what? The Star of the Conqueror, the, the Destroyer. A lot of conquerors. Yeah, a lot of conquerors in these universes. Uh, interesting choice yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like to build up to that. It's the people who have Starro uh, in check, I guess. So it's these um, Corto Maltesians. Yes, Corto Maltesians. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a funny joke. That's what it was. Man, Margot Robbie is a treasure. Yeah, she is. She's great. She She's like natural Harley Quinn. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like she, put, she puts on the makeup and it's... It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, full body makeup, too. Like she's so... She's white, white. Yeah. Um, literal white. She... Um, like the generals and the guy who wants to be president of the family, that whole, they had to go through those machinations to get to Star Room. Mm-hmm. And like, that was pretty underwhelming. Like, but in a way that's sort of like 80s, 
like Commando, they're they're trying to re reinstall the presence of Valverde. You know yeah. that that type of shit. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, so I appreciate it on that level. But for a big comic book movie that costs one hundred eighty five million dollars, they're pretty like low level, low energy bad guys until you get to Star Room. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Maybe that hurts a little bit. But then it, that's another problem. Maybe it's the same problem we had with Suicide Squad, the first one, OG movie that's all about bad guys stopping bad guys how do you differentiate between your bad guys so bad guys have different level of, bad, bad. of badness yeah, yeah. and then uh-huh. the bad guys that they are chasing aren't as interesting as the bad guys that you're following no. you, you know i'd rather see uh bloodsport versus i was gonna say i want to see the movie I, I want to see the movie where idris elba shoots henry cavill on the chest with a kryptonite bullet and puts him in the icu <laughs> yeah that's the movie i want to see yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's awesome I just thought it was damn good in this movie, man. For always being sold as like the center of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's safe to say that we can. You're you're gonna follow this character. A lot of it hinges on him. Yeah, I think he did great. No, he's fine. What do you think he did great? They turned him into a leader, Chris. <laughs> I told you, I turned him into a leader. Man, Viola Davis. Now she's another one who's like, no matter what, she just Dude, turns it on. Stone cold the entire movie. Yeah, she's, she's great. Like I believe, I believe this bitch. <laughs> yeah. God damn, she's a scary woman. Yeah, she's great. And just so you know, she's just like the most warm person probably in real life. <laughs> and then she does this movie, like, whoa, scary. Like Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. You meet him in real life. He's like, oh, so nice to meet you, fellow Irishman. Hello, he's so nice. Yes. And then he does this movie. He's like, whoa, he's a monster. I drink your milkshake. He's like, oh, I'm the Cloverfield <laughs> monster. You're like, holy shit. You are. He's so scary. Um, Yeah, you know, it's... I think my expectations were super high up until a couple days before the movie came out. Uh, and then even, so we saw it on Saturday, so the movie came out on Friday, right? So in those couple of days, the word of mouth started coming out, the early reviews, the people in the Facebook group uh, started talking about it. And while people liked it, not that many people seemed to love it. Yeah, I mean, I think, oddly enough, my favorite part was... Sylvester Stallone as yeah, absolutely. fucking not what Absolutely. And Hunk Nom Nom. It was fucking. It's, it was. It's, it was perfect. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's like group next level because he's allowed to yeah. say more than I am group. Uh-huh. Yeah, but not that much more. No, no. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's pretty good. You know? It was. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then you got to give credit, I'm sure, to like Steve. Agi, Ag, how you say his name? The comedian, comedian actor who did the body stuff. Yeah, and he, he was know. also the dude. From, he was the dude in the office in front of the computer, right? The fat guy. Is that the same guy? Is I'm that him? Sure, I'm pretty sure that's him. It's hard, I've never seen him with long hair before. That could be him. That'd be nice if James is gonna throw him a visual role too. Mm-hmm. After uh, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do the body, but we ain't never using your voice. <laughs> that was never the plan to use your voice. Um, same with what's his name? His brother, Sean Gunn, no. who got to do. Uh, he was Weasel. Of course he was. In this one. Yeah. You got to do Weasel. Yeah, because he was Rocket before. So. Yes. Yes. But so it, now he's Weasel. But again, ain't using your voice, but <laughs> Sorry, we got, we got a real actor to do your voice. Just like we got a real actor for Sylvester Stallone to be like, hey, uh, yeah, and hungry, hung, hung friend. When he goes friend, you're like, oh, King Shark. Then he rips the guy in half. Like, whoa. <laughs> Um, yeah, King, uh, my parents saw this movie, which is funny, because it's on HBO. Yeah, yeah, they would never go out to see it. No, but it's at home, so why not? So they went ahead and turned it on. Uh, as an action movie, my dad enjoyed it. He said he laughed out loud at a few parts. I'm sure, because it's violently hilarious. Very, uh, my mom only liked Harley Quinn. Everything else was, like, stupid. <laughs> okay. She was like, the shark is 
stupid. <laughs> shark was great. Yeah, I love the shark. She was like, it was all dumb. But it, my mom doesn't like sci-fi. You know, no. once you, once I saw a movie like Alien and Starfish and all that stuff, I was like, ain't no way my mom likes any of this stuff. No, no wonder she didn't like it. Um, but Sylvester Stallone, yeah, absolutely. This, this guy's great. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah, so since my expectations were like dropped a little bit because the reviews weren't that hot coming coming into it, like they were all positive, but no one was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, I think that helped me a little bit. But yeah, okay, I'm, don't don't expect it to be the most amazing thing. I, th- I think it's another thing too, where it's just like waiting for movies and finding the movies are starting to come out. And like, I mean, oh, I wanted I wanted to write down a couple of these, but the only one that's coming to mind right now is uh, the trailer for Dune, the new trailer. Mm-hmm. I've been avoiding like watching new trailers online. I haven't, se- I haven't seen any promotional stuff for Dune until that trailer. That was so, your first even yeah. thing at all? <laughs> I, that's like the third or fourth trailer, and I've seen one or two in theaters. Really haven't seen any other ones in theaters? Um, like halfway through the trailer, I was like, is this the greatest movie ever made? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Like, Maybe. It's like, is it, it could be. Am I just that star for movies? Like It seems... Uh, ridiculous like so big and you know star wars for adults yeah and um i mean it very well could be we'll see it looks amazing it looks amazing god damn it it looks so good i can't wait for you two or two months away another trailer i want to talk about we'll go back to suicide squad another trailer i want to talk about and now we're gonna have an issue is the jackass forever trailer okay because i enjoyed it the first time i saw it four weeks ago (laughs) I've seen it every week since then. It's not as fun. Of course it's not as funny. We're, it, we're, we're the, fucking out the jokes. It's, it's the law of diminishing return. Yes. That's, that's the problem with comedy like that. Yeah, so we're fucking out the jokes. So by the time October 20th comes around, this movie hits theaters, I'm like, how many times am I going to see Johnny Knoxville get bl- blimped into the into that uh, drop ceiling in yeah. the furniture store? Uh-huh. Which, first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's hysterical. Well, yeah, and the first time I saw him get shot out of the can and dressed as a fucking angel wearing tidy yeah. whities that was hilarious. That's good stuff. Now the fourth time I've seen them, it's like, not funny anymore. Not, right. just, okay, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. I've seen, I've seen. Mm-hmm. What else? What else we got? Nope. What else we got? But don't show got, me the trailer. Gotta, gotta have to wait for the movie to see. All right. Find well, out. stop showing the trailer so much, guys. You're blowing that. So, uh, Suicide Squad. Well, I thought it was good. It was fine. Ooh, fine. You dropped on the fine scale. Yeah. One eye. That was a pretty quick yeah. fine. Yeah. That was a quick fine. One eye, fine. It is a fine movie. It is. It is neither good nor bad. There are things that I. There are issues with all of it. It's just. It is what it is. It's similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Those movies. I think those movies are good. Uh, there's issues with them. Uh, you know, I don't like the ending of the first one. The second one has its own issues. Mm-hmm. But, but they also have things like, whoa, this is cool and fun and interesting, and I'm oh, glad yeah. that they're doing it. But you know, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's fine. Good. It's between there. It's somewhere in there. It's okay. No, it's not it's okay. Ooh, where does, where does that, okay that, go? I, is okay higher or lower than fine? Ugh, I think it might be lower. It's okay. We're like four A's. <laughs> like why? Okay. Just say you don't like it. Who are you trying to offend? No, I think I think movie's good. You think it's fine? So that sounds like a thumbs up each, yeah. which does not equal two thumbs up. Because we can't literally say that. It's just one thumbs up each. That's all. That's <laughs> it, all. And there happens to be two of us. And there, it just happens to be two of us. If there's three of us in here, we all had to get a thumbs up. Three, th- three thumbs up. No one owns three thumbs up. Remember, se- what was the seven? What was the game? Seven up, where you had to put your head down, but then stick your thumb. Heads up, seven up. Heads up, seven up. But it, but it was all about putting your, th- putting your thumb up. How come it wasn't heads up, thumbs up, seven up? I don't. 
But you played that too? Yeah. How did that happen? I don't even... How do we all play these stupid like classroom games to waste time? I don't know. But f- like a thousand miles apart from each other. Yes. Right. And probably at different times. Of the day? I mean, probably. Of the year, of everything. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, those variables, I'm sure. Uh, and how about the square dancing? Did you have to do square dancing in middle school? What's square dancing? Square dancing. You know, like they'll pick your partner, do the thing, take the... the yeah, no. The, uh, uh-uh. Everyone lines up and yeah, do no. that. That was a public school program that, uh, who was, who was his name? Ford? Henry Ford? He he was afraid that like jazz music and stuff like that was like polluting the American mind. It was. And he was like, it's and not. It did. It's like, well, the white white man is losing a footing here in America. It's because we have garbage culture. So he was like, we need to promote square dancing. Yeah, square dancing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a waspy thing to do. It is a very waspy thing to do. It's like, we need to promote that. So he worked with, like, I don't know, governments, local government, school, federal government, to have square dancing lessons in schools throughout the country to to promote it and to promote uh, whiteness. That's weird. Isn't it weird? And if you think I'm making that up, Google Henry Fonda square dancing. It's all Henry Fonda or Henry Ford? Henry Ford. <laughs> I'm sure he got Henry Fonda involved at some point. They were contemporaries. <laughs> I'm sure he had issues, Henry Fonda. Suicide Squad. That's my Suicide Squad. Henry Ford, Henry Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> the Henrys. Hank, Hank Aaron. <laughs> yeah, we get them all together and uh, send them time travel-wise to go fight Napoleon. Okay. Right? That's the one we're trying to take down. Right. He's the problem. He's the sure. he's the go-to. Every, that's Godwin's law whenever every argument eventually ends up talking about Napoleonic conquests. If you say so. I, th- I think that's how the internet works. That's rule weird. 53 of the internet. Okay. You know about these rules? No. There's one rule that's like every... There's a porn... If there's there's a porn about it on the internet... I, well, forgot, I forgot what rule number that is. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, if it exists in the world, yes. then they've done a porn There's a porn of it. it. There's yeah. a porn of it. So that's rule like 69. I don't know. Hey, but not that one. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one that's like every argument... Eventually, the person will get to the example of uh, Napoleonic conquest. You don't know about that? Yeah, no. Okay. Suicide Squad. That's a suicide mm-hmm. suicide squad rule. Okay. Let's talk about some media diet stuff. Uh, what did you watch this week? What did uh, you do? Because I only did a couple things and there's pretty light on me. Yeah. I watched uh, Raya and the Last Dragon on D+. Oh, yeah? No. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah. yeah. For for being... I mean, it's definitely a kid's movie. But yes, uh, yes. now I can no longer trust water. In movies, oh, because it looks be- so good. Be- because the water looked real yeah. in this. Yeah. Like, of of all the things, that's the thing that blew my mind. Wa- so now, water animation has gotten so good. N- these n- days. Now I can't trust animals or water. <laughs> we're slowly so, we're slowly losing our ability I, to I trust our eyes. I can't trust my eyes. It's it could be it all could be fake. Yeah, unless it's like in front of you to touch <laughs> it, like, it can be fake. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah, the animation is but the animation, beautiful. The, yeah, the the animation was awesome. Um, the story was fine. I like the. Uh, the quote bad guy, the purple demon spirit thing that yeah. throws up swirling around stuff. I love the way that looked. I thought, yeah. that, was, I thought that was really cool. Those things. Whatever. That just turned people to stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of gnarly. Uh-huh. It was weird. Yeah, and then they got a, a, a Chinese dragon. It sounds like uh, Upper East Side Jewish lady. Yep, because it's Aquafina. <laughs> I, think, I think it's great. I think it's so it, crazy. It worked. It's so weird. And yeah. it, it, she's great, though. And, I like it, her. And it was funny when Dragon into human mode and looked more like Aquafina. Yeah, they animated her yeah. to, to look like her. Yeah, that's that's pretty cute. That actually, was fun. 
So that's cool that you you, you watch it on the old D plus. Mm-hmm. There you go, D plus offering something to watch outside of like Flight of the Navigator. On uh, on Amazon Prime, I watched a documentary called The Booksellers. And it's about uh, rare book dealers in New York City. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It is. It's fucking weird. They got their own little, weird little subculture that, you know... I'm sure you do. It's weird. Yeah. It's fucking strange, man. I don't know how any of them make any money or pay any of their bills. Right. <laughs> Confuses I me to this I, day. How I, do they, I, I don't get it. How do they do it? How do they profit? Is it... Um, like a store or uh, they're indie sellers is a whole bunch of people are talking it start, about. It, start, well, it, it goes through all of it because there are there are still brick and mortar stores. Yeah. There are people who do it through the internet now. Yeah. There's this that this that the other, but it kind of goes through the history of it. So you know, like at one point in time, this one neighborhood in New York City, like of the however many like shops there were on this one road in like a, a few blocks, yeah, like. 80% of it was book dealers. Man, that's crazy. So That's crazy. Yeah. Those are the people you go to when you need a like a quote band book, something that uh it's like mm-hmm. pretty hard to get. Yeah, or or if you're looking, you know, for a book that has a treasure map in it or something. <laughs> if you want to do uh if you want to play Nick Cage in National exactly. Treasure. Exactly. Yeah. Those people you got to know. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, down here in the basement. <laughs> what do you got in uh, in antiquities? <laughs> this way, Nick Cage. And then on uh, Netflix, I watched uh, Masters of the Universe, colon, Revelation. All right. Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe reboot. Drew Sakagman, let's hear the review. Well, it's not necessarily a reboot. It's more of a... Uh, continuation? De- it's definitely more of a continuation. Okay, okay. Um, uh, it was a little short, so it kind of felt... Some some of the story felt rushed. Okay. Um, but it was fine. I'm surprised at how little He-Man and Skeletor are actually in this. Sure, they did drop him from the title. Yeah. It is just Masters of the Universe. Yeah, there's so that reason for on, that. Yeah, that's yeah. not on purpose, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, but a lack of Skeletor, too, that's interesting. Yeah. What about Battle Cat? Uh, I mean, Battle Cat's in... Battle well, Cat. I mean, there's not a lot of He-Man, so there's not a lot of Battle Cat. Oh, what about Orko? It's more of like... Well, it's a continuation, so... Yeah. Like, episode one, yep. it's... getting you used to the new quote-unquote animation style. Sure. And, and then you see the classic... Of all the characters. Mm. And then, from episode two on, it's kind of like in the future a bit. Like, okay. things have progressed. Okay. Things have happened. Mm. So, it's almost like, uh, you know, like a post-apocalyptic thing. Where, like, you know, everyone's... everyone's The same characters are there. Yeah. But it's been a few years, so they're different. And, like, some of them are all scarred and fucked up or older or... Yeah. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was definitely a lot yeah. more character development for everybody else. They built up the whole the whole group. How yeah. many episodes? It's only like five. And it's what, maybe twenty three minutes, three minutes, thirty minutes each. Right, fine. Yeah, that is pretty pretty quick, pretty short. Yeah. So recommend? Yeah, no, I recommend. I definitely recommend it, and I'm looking forward to more episodes because no it shit. definitely ends on a cliffhanger, and it's fucking hilarious. Does it? Uh, is it like four kids? Uh, hey, I don't know about that. Yeah. People die in this cartoon. Oh, good. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> Children need to know of death. Yeah. This is not something we need to hide yeah, from mean, them. They pe- need to pe- learn of it. People get axed in the head off camera. But, like, it definitely happened. Okay. I get that. I dig. I know what you're saying. It's like, sometimes we get to kill the people, but sometimes we need to only imply it so that the children can see. No. Yeah, it's like a Conan, the barbarian, the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, maybe, like, PG-13. But, but in outer space, yeah. PG-13 Conan. Yeah. In, in outer space. Yeah, outer space, space Barbarian. Space space Conan. Yeah. With no end well, up to space, I'm going to chop off the head, but also it can be floating. And and this one's, it's it's 
the it's like almost like a battle between technology and magic. So Ooh. It's weird. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I like that. Definitely worth watching. All right. I, I think I'm actually going to check it out. I was, I've been on the fence. I've been on the fence about clicking watch yeah. on it, I got to say. But uh, maybe maybe I think you just pushed me into... Although this bookseller's documentary also sounds... It's really it's I love, fascinating. I love... I'm a, weird shit. I'm a bit of a biblia, bibliophile. I love me some books. Great documentary called The Stone Reader that I recommend people uh, try to find. That's about one guy looking for a writer who wrote one book that got like one really good review and then it sold no copies and then he's just been like off the map. <laughs> so he's, this guy's been tracking down copies of this book and then trying to look for this writer. It's a great book. The Stone Reader. Great documentary. And then the book itself is really good. The Stones of Summer. It's a it's a great book. I read it because I'm a dork. Drew. Chris. What else we got? That's it. Okay. That's what I watched. Okay. Um. So uh, my diet's been a little limited this week because... With my time, I've been watching stuff like for the show, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, that's why I only watch two yeah, things. Yeah, true. I mean, I've been <laughs> c- catching up on, almost done with season three of Infinity Train. I, f- I found myself watching five episodes at a time. Like an okay. hour at a time is how I watch Yeah, it. I just sit down and watch the entire season. Cause it's, Which, it's, 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 it's like only, 90 minutes. It's two two hours. Okay. I timed that. I did gotcha. it with my hands. I was like 11 minutes, 22, 33. Because it's 11 minutes no. per episode. Um, it's a, it's two hours per season. So you could watch it like as a movie. But, that, but that's, I, that's usually what I do. Yeah, but I've been, I find myself doing them in hour blocks. Uh, but we're doing that for the Patreon. Uh, uh, working on the six, 12 months of Batman. We're on month eight, which means we're getting on the Nolan stuff. So I've been already, I've been getting in on uh, researching for that episode. And then also... Uh, did we do Thunderbolt Life? Was that this week or was that last week? See, it's all running together. We're doing. No, we, we watched that this week. Yeah, so Thunderbolt Life. I watched a movie twice. It's so good. So, uh, oh, and also there was a bit of a scheduling snafu on the Patreon where I said the Wes Anderson episode was coming out, but instead the Streets of Fire episode came out. Holy shit. That was my bad. <laughs> good job, Chris. Good job, Chris. Wes Anderson's coming out this week, followed by Thunderbolt and Lightfoot the week after that, followed by. Batman Begins. You guys got the Patreon schedule. Look at that. You're not even paying for it. That's a freebie. You're welcome, losers, cheapos. Just, it's only a dollar. Come on. Minimum. <laughs> Patreon.com slash So, um, but I did on the Criterion app. I've been talking about this the last few weeks. How they do the collections. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, they did the World of Wong Kar Wai. It's out there. A whole bunch of, almost all of his movies, which okay. is cool. Um, it, I don't think it has his English language movie. Um, my Blueberry Nights Interesting. with uh, Jude Law, Nally Portman. Um, I, I, I know I've seen it, but I can't remember a damn thing about it. Uh, it wasn't well reviewed. So, um, and then last week I was talking about the neo noir collection they put mm-hmm. together, and I watched a couple noir movies, which are super cool, including a De Palma. And then I pulled it up to go back to the neo noir list. Don't you know? It's gone. No, no, it's there. Thank God. If they would kill me if they took these things up and down like that. They would kill me. I can't watch it all. There's too much time. But what did they add Not this time? time. I, I pull it up, and the first thing that pops up, it's uh, the John Huston collection. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit. John Huston, prolific director. Uh, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre, one of my favorite movies, but also I think maybe the only... Uh, did he do Maltese Falcon? And maybe the only John Huston directed movie that I've seen. And for people who don't know John Huston, Father of Angelica Huston, uh, think Daniel Day Lewis and There Will Be Blood. He modeled Daniel Plainview after John Huston. His mannerisms, the way he talked, and all that. Fucking. He drank a lot of people's milkshakes. He was such a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> 
that when Daniel Day-Lewis was like, I need to betray a, a true monster. Oh, I'll do the filmmaker John Huston. Um, so he has a huge list of movies, and I watched most of... I didn't finish it, because also I started these movies late, so neither of these movies I finished, which is another... I'm like, yeah, wishy-washy. But I watched Key Largo, which is uh, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall. It's actually the last movie they did together. They did a whole bunch of movies together, and it's the last one they did together. And it's set in Key Largo, Florida. I think it's even shot uh, on location, a bunch of it in Florida. And it's about these people that hold up in a hotel that's shut down for like the season. Uh, and a hurricane is coming. So it's uh, it's like a dark, gritty... It could be on the neo-noir list. It's that type of movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's really... Uh, uh, intense little movie but in the beginning they're Lauren Bacall showing Humphrey Bogart around his character and it's like oh here are the uh, the local Osceola people who just show up and barter with us and they roll up and uh, and they show this old lady like this is what's her name and she's we don't know how old she is and this lady is like minimal, minimal <laughs> 90 years old she's so old and this is 1951 so to think like I'm looking at a uh Moving images of this woman. She's like cigarette. She's asking for a cigarette. She smokes a cigarette. Uh, who she's probably alive in like the eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies, and here's like an incredible, well preserved image of her. Like just on that level, it's kind of a trip to see like watch older shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it's also a fun thing about it's Key Largo. It's Key in West 50s. in the fifties. Everyone is sweaty. Everyone's sitting around like like with a fan. Yep. Oh, like Cause it himself because we haven't invented air conditioning. Yes, and uh, like I love the aesthetic of it. I love it, the the sweatiness of it. Again, it makes me think of like the the CIA agent and fucking Val Verde who's yeah. been there too long and mm-hmm. just like fanning himself and drinking margaritas. Like, oh, this stinking place. I would. I'll, I'll never go back. I'll never go back to America. <laughs> I got it too easy here. Um, yeah, Key Largo is pretty cool. I need to finish it. Edward G. Robinson too. He's like, uh, yeah, she that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He plays the bad guy. Uh, and then the late there's a lady in it who I think she won an Academy Award for playing a drunk, a sad drunk. Maybe she was. Maybe she was just a sad drunk. Did you, did you ever think about that? She was just tapping into. No, that's Humphrey Bogart. Actually, oh. he's he's the sad drunk. You could see there's a couple shots where with the restoration of these movies, yeah. where sometimes they clean up the film to almost look better than they intended. Uh, you can see the line on the back of his head or the toupee. Like, it's a pretty good toupee. No, but not good enough. You can still <laughs> tell, buddy. I'm sorry, Humphrey, because he, he drank so much that his hair fell out. Yeah. Uh, early on, too, a lot of his movies in the mid-40s and onward, he was wearing hair pieces because his hair had fallen out. Poor guy. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you, you know. Mm-hmm. Drink up, buddy. <laughs> mm. Mine's not falling out, but... I did find a long, long white one here the other day. Yeah. I was like, how did that happen? Well, your hair's long, so it's going to start going gray eventually. Yeah, but I was like, did it grow that way or did it go white overnight? Because it was a long white one. I was like, how, how did I not see that earlier? And pluck it out. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I'm not vain enough to be plucking. Look at I'm not. I'm not plucking. I'm not dying nothing. I don't give a shit. Look at me. I'm a Moby Dick. Fucking Moby Dick. This one now. I haven't finished it. I was actually watching a little bit of it before you got here. I'm an hour and 20 into this hour and 50 minute movie. I'm fucking, I'm finishing this goddamn movie. Melville. Goddamn Melville. I've never, I haven't read Moby Dick proper. But uh, I, I believe I mentioned this on the show before. I had this collection passed down to me from my grandpa of pocket classics. Mm-hmm. And they were in like comic book form. Yeah. They were all the same 
52 or 62 pages. They're all the same length. And uh, I read a lot of, quote, classics that, that way. way. Yeah. Uh, and for sure, Moby Dick was one of them. Um, but, I mean, if you ask me, like, what's the story of Moby Dick outside of, like, oh, a guy's looking for a whale. I couldn't I couldn't tell you nothing <laughs> about it, right? You know? Yeah. Have you ever had to read it for school? I was supposed to read it for school. I just memorized the cliff notes for the test <laughs> and then <laughs> forgot everything about it. Those goddamn cliff notes, man. <laughs> Spark well, notes. Uh, oddly enough, the, uh, the teacher whose class it was for, yeah. well, uh, one of his, like, he, he was, like, a Moby Dick weirdo. So oh, really? He, one of his essays was actually in the Cliff's Notes. No way. No. That's funny. So you quote himself back to him. <laughs> like, I know these words. I know who this guy is. Who's he, who does he think he's trying to do? That's hysterical. That No wonder a guy was like, you gotta read Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, so I suppose... I never did. I mean, I guess, I guess it is an American classic of some sort. Of so. The whaling industry and all that. There are some great lines in the movie that I'm like, I mean, this yeah. must be from the book. There's one part where they first... I just saw when they finally first see the white whale... Movie's an hour and 55. They don't see the whale. It's like an hour and 15 in the white one. Yeah. But what they do, they got this little black kid on the boat with them. Who, what's his job? He's the boat hand, I guess. I guess he, he sings songs. He, when they see the whale, he's on like the boat, on the, the rowboats with Ahab. And it cuts close to him. He gets a, his own close-up. And he's like, that ain't no whale. That's a white god. And it's like, whoosh, ah. and, and going off into the <laughs> distance. Like uh, John Houston's good at giving these things the big reverence. And... um the uh like the scope uh that that's some it's he's like it's an american classic you know i can hear him off screen it's a goddamn american classic he's probably screaming at these people also gregory peck is ahab Ooh, the movie got mixed reviews when it came out and didn't do too well and in essence you know gotten reappraised um part of the reason people think it didn't do too well is that because gregory peck is playing against type in this role mm -hmm. as the as the uh, obsessed ahab people expect him to be you know the magnanimous person yeah. the good one that you're i i follow this guy to the uh because he seems moral and right and then ahab is like really intense and we need the whale i think he's doing a john houston impression also i think he's also like <laughs> i'm just gonna pretend to be this fucking asshole and and that'll be my ahab because it definitely feels kind of plain view adjacent well. to his portrayal of of ahab um yeah i'm i'm finishing this damn thing there you go that's good also the earlier scenes where they show them wailing are pretty interesting because there's a. Uh, like, they finally get the harpoons in them and to drag the boat, so there's some interesting speed oh, shots okay. going on in there, right? They get the harpoons, and whoosh, oh, we got them. Um, and then as the whale goes, it sprays blood, like a huge geyser of blood. And the movie is has this muted tone to replicate the engraving art of, of the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. But when the blood sprays, it's like, holy shit, that's fucking visceral looking. Yeah. And the, also in the very beginning, oh, I can't not mention this. Orson Welles has one scene as a preacher where he walks into a, a chapel. It's a chapel in this whaling community. Mm -hmm. And, like, the camera pans. It's a great shot of all the people singing to him, and the camera pans sideways. And you're reading, like, a dozen plaques along the wall that are all dedicated to the deaths of these whalers. And most of them are, like, killed by a whale, killed by a whale. One's, like, <laughs> killed, killed in a storm. Okay. <laughs> storm death. Killed by a whale, killed by a whale, killed by a whale all along this wall. Um, and then Orson Welles comes out looking insane, looking insane. He climbs a rope ladder, uh, 
and then the, the camera pans up and he's on the bow of a ship on the, in the inside of a of the chapel and he, so he is, it's like a, a wailing chapel mm-hmm. and then he does his preaching from the from the bow looking over to people and of course it's a Jonah and the whale the uh, sermon and, and this movie is an hour and 55 minutes long uh the sermon is it's a four-hour sermon and they, <laughs> and they show all of it uh, and it's actually pretty good You're like damn orson wells i'd go to your church he's maybe com- maybe he should have been a, a well-town preacher he should have been a well-town preacher he should, he's, it's it's fun it's an interesting scene um moby dick man criterion collection at the very least that might be on on other places out there this app is incredible it's for me it's hbo max than the Criterion app in terms of like getting bang for my buck. No, absolutely. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna be back. We have a couple emails. We have at least one comment in the Facebook group. So Drew's gonna be reading that stuff. I have a whole ton of news broken up into interesting segments with and- awful segues in between them. Oh, Drew Sakagrin, you have no idea about this week's <laughs> segues. We're gonna be are these segues or intros and. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back with the, we'll be back after a quick word from our local sponsor. Why go anywhere else when Fred Montese Supermarkets offer such a wide variety of delicious and attractive foods at real money-saving prices. Coupon specials this week are King Cotton Meat or Beef Hot Dogs, 12-ounce package, 9 cents, or Hunt's Peach Halves or Slices, two 29-ounce cans, 39 cents, with coupon and $15 additional purchase. Save this week at all four Fred Montese Supermarkets, open 24 hours a day except Sunday. Why go anywhere else? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 448. And a great, hey, 4 plus 4 equals 8. If you take the 4, you add it to the 4, you get the end of the number. But then if you take all three numbers and add them together, you have 16. Now, what is 1 plus 6? That's 7. What is 2 7s? That's 14. You got the 1, you got the 4. Episode 448. It all makes sense. It's like that Jewish uh, mysticism Kabbalah stuff uh-huh. from Pi. Yeah. I just rewatched Pi. Uh, how you doing, Drew? Doing great. Good to see you. Uh, glad you didn't leave. I'm always worried about that. Um, One of these days. On the break, just already. <laughs> you have to pile cigarette stubs and he's gone. Never, yep. see, never see him again. The old Irish goodbye. The old Irish goodbye. Juicer Cogburn, famous Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... Famously I, Irish juicer. <laughs> but I've been pulling the Irish goodbye my entire life. Hey, it's a good move. You know yeah. why? It's like I can't be sitting here saying goodbye to everyone. I'll be here for another half an hour saying goodbye to everyone. I gotta go. You j- And you don't even... You just leave. I'm... Don't say anything. The point of the Irish goodbye is that I'm, <laughs> I am so friendly <laughs> that I have to leave unannounced or us we will be here forever because, you know, everyone's going to want to say goodbye to me. Let's give me another exit conversation. I'm going to get the exit interview from the host of the party. It's like, did you have a good time? Did you have enough to eat? A drink? You want to take some, some, some leftovers? See, all that's unnecessary. I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I, I'm leaving. That's a sort of a, it's more Popeye. I was trying to do Irish, but I ended up being... Um, Popeye. It's kind when of was the last time you seen Popeye? The Robin Williams one. Oh, it's probably yeah. 10, 15 Come years on. ago. Robert Altman's Popeye. It's a weird fucking movie, man. We might have to do that for the Patreon. Speaking of, patreon.com slash Crespity. So guys, sign up today. Anywhere from $1 to $5 a month gets you access to now tons of back episodes as well as new episodes every Friday as well as occasional bonus little episodes we just did one about the Green Knight spent about 30 minutes talking about it getting some things right getting some things wrong but it's cool we had a good time I think Ron enjoyed the episode 
Uh, we're going to have a Suicide Squad spoiler-filled episode review coming up there on the Patreon. You can check that out. So sign up <coughs> today. Uh, email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. And if you email us and want us to, we shall read the emails on the show and then critique them in a way that shouldn't make you feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> emails go I uh, got an email from Gabe what up Gabe I mean I guess it's. I guess he wrote this live while he was watching it but it's not live anymore because he's already watched it and then he had to send us the email I see I see what he's saying it's a, it's, it's, but it's, li- a, it's, it's a Val live review it's like how we record quote live to tape yeah. like we don't pause we don't no. produce it's just we do the show mm-hmm. as if it's live mm-hmm. he's emailing it as if it's live Yes, but it's live to email. Yes. Okay, that's fine. I get. I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's the, the that Valdoc on uh, which, Amazon Prime, which I wanted to watch out. this week. Yeah. Just you know, didn't I was, have time. Exactly. I was like, I can watch 45 minutes of Moby Dick or nothing. So that's what I did. Valdoc. Yeah. Let's hear it. A two four picked this up. They did. Apparently, his son does the narrating, and he kind of sounds like him. Oh, that's cool. Weird when the kid sounds like the parent. Yeah. The opening alone feels Oscar worthy. It's very stark and abrupt to hear him as he speaks now. Yeah. Val lived on Roy Rogers Ranch, question mark? 15-year-old brother drowns after epileptic fit. Damn. And his brother was the creative one. Kevin Bacon, Sean Penn, asses. Asses. Covers his most popular films with some video he recorded. I'm calling it. It's going to win Best Documentary. You can see how much personality Val, ha- Val has. He really loves acting and performing. If you're interested in Val Kilmer, definitely watch this one. Beautifully done. Yeah, it's crazy how Val Kilmer was apparently some sort of vi- video file where he was just constantly videotaping himself at all times, camera, uh, digital or film. Uh, a lot of so there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff yeah. with him from his movies and things like that. In between movies, it's pretty fascinating. I definitely want to watch it. Absolutely gonna want gonna watch it. Val. It's all just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when. If not when, how? If not how, who? Is that how that works? No. The journalist questions. Who? Why? <laughs> when? Okay, go ahead. Uh, and he's got the Saint review. What's up with the? Oh, is this his first time watching the Saint? I think so. Okay. Oh boy, I'm... prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> Immediately got on this 1997 <laughs> Val Kilmer movie after the doc. I never heard of it. And needed to knock out and need to knock out this hundo. Cool. I see why Kilmer wanted to do this. He said he got to play like ten characters. Yeah. So he's trying to show his off his range. But this movie is objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> Way too convoluted and fantastical to be rooted in realness. It's like Dana Carvey's Master of Disguise. <laughs> but this movie is trying to be serious. Mission Impossible type pass. Yeah, Val Kilmer is never like I'm a turtle. I'm a turtle. Turtle man. Like uh, Masters of the Skies. Yeah, famously bad. It was. The Saint, yeah. Which was based Del on Kilmer, a TV show. Del Kilmer, Elizabeth Shue, Cold Fusion. I mean, yeah, Cold Fusion. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue, yeah, I mean, she has cachet. It should have, It could have been a good movie. Yeah. But no. No, it's not good. Not, I don't even think it's good enough to do for a Patreon episode. No. Either. It's no, like, it's, no, well, it's not even bad enough to put That's to, exactly, to do yeah, a yeah. Patreon episode. Like, we ain't talking about a Johnny Mnemonic here. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, no, there ain't no Razor... Nano wires and Udo Kier yeah. and whatnot and Takeshi Kitano. No, that's just disguises. This master, the Masters of Disguise reference is pretty funny. Good job, Gabe. Uh, I've got an email from Carmella. What's up, Carmella? Hey, Chris and Drew. Hey. Summer used to be dead time in the old network days. Not so much anymore as long as you have HBO. Yeah. Here's what I've been watching this summer. Let's hear it. On HBO. White Lotus. 
Started slow, but this quirky comedy set this quirky comedy, which is set on an exclusive Hawaiian resort, mm-hmm. has picked up steam each week. Really strong and dark writing propel the show, which explores class and family relationships. Best show this summer and maybe the best comedy of the year. Oh, wow. Best comedy of the year. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, think, is that Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn? I think he's in... I think it's Steve Zahn. Well, I think it's episodic, so I'm not sure if he's in the whole thing, but I think uh, he's in... He's at least a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay, good for him. Uh, catch and release. Yes. Can a podcast make a good television show? No. It can when the subject is fascinating and you have HBO behind you. Okay, true. Undoubtedly, this docuseries about the many crimes of Harvey Weinstein will be made into a big budget movie or TV series. Fair. Yeah, I guess if it's if you're doing a podcast on like a doc a docu podcast, no. yeah, you can just easily take the same information and, and just put, add visuals. To I was it. about to say throw some pictures from the internet on there. Yeah. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, you're good and you're good to go. But otherwise, no. Uh, Woodstock '99. Man, I want to watch this. this is so on do the, I. This is on the HBO because I I watched it live on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were there, man, and by there, I mean comfortably at home watching the news reports and MTV. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a really well put together. By the numbers, documentary about the clusterfuck that was Woodstock 99. They copied the exact formula for ESPN 30 for 30, and it's the first of five movies in this new series, which covers everything from Kenny G to Saturday Night Fever. <coughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, the 100-Foot Wave. <clears throat> the 100-Foot Wave, that's another HBO. Uh, yeah, right? All this stuff's on HBO. Oh, it's all HBO. Okay, I got so you. Far. I got you. Yeah, that, I that, that's why I started off I, I saying H- understand. on HBO. I got I under got <sighs> picking up what you're throwing down. Okay. 100-Foot Wave. HBO really dominates it when it comes to documentaries. The series is about the history of big wave toe-in surfing. The s- story is interesting, but the subject of the movie is big wave surfer Garrett McNamara, and, and he is a real life. He's a real dick. In fact, almost everyone on the show is sketchy. His wife is one of the features that they got together after she was married for 13 days. They gloss over all the negativity, and it feels like it may have some say on the production of the documentary in order for the producers to acquire all the footage they shot. Not unlike the recent Jordan documentary, so I'm kind of on the fence about this one with three episodes left. Ooh, we get a mid-series review. Maybe mm. he might not even finish it. We'll go. We'll see. Yeah, fair enough. And then not on HBO. Not. Oh, okay. Break it down. Uh, Lizzie's story. Or Lizzie's story? I think it's Lizzie. I think it's Lizzie's story. Okay. It's an Apple show. Uh, Stephen King's version of a romance novel is pretty terrific. The tone and style of the series reminded me of a little bit of Channel Zero. The art direction and look of the series is pretty cool, and the boss creature turns out to be one of the better I've seen in recent movies or or TV. Apple Plus. You know how to get my attention when you drop a Channel Zero reference in there. Yeah. I'm constantly Channel wanting Zero to. Was weird. It's so weird, man. That fucking tooth monster was yeah. one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Season one, dude. <laughs> the tooth child, I think. Tooth baby. I've been wanting to rewatch that for a while now. It's on Shutter. I got, I got that Shutter. Got his. Make it worth its my mom my investment. Uh, deadliest catch. This show the, keeps chugging along. God damn, are you talking about the fisherman show? This show keeps <laughs> chugging along, and you know what is going to happen every episode. What the hell? <laughs> Something on the boat is going to break. Something is someone is going to get hurt, and someone is going to get really pissed. But it works for two reasons. The casting has been near perfect in the captains they choose to follow, mm. and the show looks beautiful the way they shoot it out at sea. Discovery. Keep up the good work, Chris and Drew. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. That's funny that, yeah, that show is still on. And I guess enough people still watch it to justify it. Oh, I mean, it, it can't it can't be 
it's a reality show, Chris. It can't be that hard. I mean, it can't be that expensive to produce. To, to produce. Sure, that makes sense. All they got to do is strap a couple cameras and a couple of boats. And make sure you don't lose them in the in the roaring waters and of ma- the... And maybe have, like, a cameraman on a couple of the ones where they need shit, you know, yeah, like they, move they around they need someone whatnot. there to help them out. They'll need a producer, at so. least. got to pay at least one producer. Uh, is if you see enough of these shows, though, you can definitely like of like the specific show. You can see, like he said, it's like a thing breaks, this happens. Like here's the format of the episode. Well, yeah, it's like when it's like you... watching it alone. It's like yeah, you get, you get the exactly. format. Yeah. yeah, even if it's a reality thing, they still fall into the same rhythm and patterns over and over. Weird how that works. Uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate the emails. You're awesome. Cinema across the so Facebook group. Uh, if you're on Facebook, get off it. But if you're not going to get off it, join the Facebook group. We have a comment slash question thread that we put there. People can put whatever they want, and then we'll read it on the show like this. Uh, Ron gets at us. What up, Ron? Wait. It- Love Ron. Okay. Is there any YouTube content creators you follow or want to shout out? Is there any popular channels you're ashamed you that you are ashamed that you follow. Ooh. I don't use YouTube hardly at all. You don't even use so, that at all? Nope. Well, I don't. I have no shame in nothing that I view in terms of like guilty pleasures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like what I like, and I'm, I'm going to make no bones about it, so no guilty pleasures there. Uh, maybe it's talking about, like, I'm ashamed that I secretly like PewDiePie or something, <clears> but <throat> that's not, I just don't. I, I don't. That that's something I've never understood. Watching other people play video games, yeah, I know, don't. Yeah, it's all about their personalities and whatever. I, I don't get it. Connecting with that person, it's just a new way of connecting with people. Um, I mean, I get. I've have you heard of how popular it became? Have you heard of Doctor Disrespect? No. <laughs> this guy, he is broken into the real world. But right? but, but with a name like Doctor Disrespect, I think I get the idea. It's a fun name. It's a good name. This guy's good at marketing. So this guy, he's he's got some crazy black. Perm wig, perm mullet okay. wig, yeah. big glasses. He's got an outfit, uh-huh. and he's Doctor Disrespect when he plays his video games, and he and he's a pretty witty, funny guy. So that's how he gets his following. And then I saw a tick. This is how I know this guy is now like broke, crossed over because I saw a TikTok video of someone who was like Doctor Disrespect at like whatever game it was at an NBA playoff game, <clears throat> and he was like in row three or row four, pretty close courtside, but in costume, in costume, full costume, like yelling and being all animated and shit, and someone had him on the TV, do a TikTok of like catching him on TV, I'm like oh shit, look it's Doctor Disrespect, uh, pretty crazy how these guys and gals get all popular. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch any of them uh, hot tub streams. Maybe I should. What? The hot tub streamers, where the girls who they do all the twitching stuff, but they do it in like a little hot tub in, you know, a bathing suit or bikini or whatever. Uh, usually they're on like a unicorn floaty thing or whatever. Oh, God. And, uh, and they just play video games and look for, hot. Very quick way for them to get uh, attention and money. And then, and then people who don't do that get very upset. Like, oh, I can't do a hot tub stream because I'm an ugly old fatso. And uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, I'm so unfortunate. That's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah, they found a way and, good, good and for them. you can't do it you, you have to be funny or charming or something it sucks for you that's why I podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, you know, just, just the way it is I can't hot tub stream yeah. mm. I could probably do an OnlyFans where I would I can eat sandwiches shirtless that but, might yeah but videos of that I, I mean people are into weird shit these days that's what I'm saying there's gonna be a lot of like bear dudes out there or bear fans like oh yeah I wanna watch this guy eat, eat a tomato off his chest Blah. Drew is not one of those guys <laughs> didn't, didn't think he would be yeah I know he's not a food guy 
uh, are you though? I actually not into like mixing food with uh, no, and, no. And, I saw, and sex I, or pleasure stuff I, like I, that. I saw that episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, that too. Obviously, <laughs> the joke aspect of it makes I'm sense. Crossing wires, yeah, crossing Jerry. wires. Yeah, that's how you, you end up with a hard wire to short out that way. Well, no, exactly, and and that's how you. That's how bad weird habits yeah. start. Yeah, it's like you see a pastrami, you're like, I want to put that in me. Wait a second, no. <laughs> wait a minute, no, what? No, 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 no. Wait, I am, but what, which hole? Which hole am I going to use? Is a, is a question. Um, well, it's just a grossness of like uh, we're, we're putting we're putting. That's how you get a yeast infection. Look, I'm just trying not to get. Yeast I mean, infections. yeah. I mean, I get it. Food can be very sexual because I cooked for twenty it, it, years. It can be, but also it's like it's a mess. It's all sticky now, and things are come on. Yeah, just like sex. Yeah, but I mean that's, that's, that's different though. It's different. Now you're introducing like uh uh uh, uh honey. <laughs> still, we're still. What are we talking about? Food actually, or sex? Chris? Actually, wait a second. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a poor example. That's my bad. All right. Um, YouTube. Actually, there is. Uh, I've, I've I mentioned it before though. There's only really one or two that I, I've I've checked out regularly. One is the Corridor Crew. Is the name of the channel. They're an FX house in California and Los Angeles, obviously. And they do the VFX Artist React series. Also, they do Stuntmen React, Animators React. They've been doing it for a few years now. It's really good. New episodes every Saturday. Really enjoy it. And uh, these guys I saw on TikTok first, and then I went and checked out their YouTube account, and it's fun. Party shirt. Party shirt? Party shirt. Party shirt. Party shirt. Okay. Party shirt. Is it one is that one word or two? One word on TikTok. And it's these two guys. One of them's Australian and one of them's from like LA. But people think they're brothers because they're just like two white dudes with long hair. Yeah. And uh and they were like testing trends and things that are real to see if things are real and not like they see a TikTok video, so people are like, Oh look at this shit and it's like a fake, so they try to do it anyway. They also have a YouTube channel where they spend a lot of money doing other videos, uh like they they how much money a couple thousand dollars it took like five thousand dollars drove from LA to Vegas went to like the first casino they saw walked up to a roulette table put it all down on black spun it lost it done (laughs) and then just cuts to them like at a fast food place afterwards when like eating well Welcome, welcome to gambling. That, that, (laughs) That's that's didn't work out as we thought it (laughs) that's the way gambling works pretty funny party shirt party shirt's fun those are good those those are good times Um, that's it though really for for YouTube, I guess. Sorry, I'm not not young enough. Yeah, I don't use. Like, I get. I'm. Just, I guess I'm just an old man. I just got off cable TV like a year <clears> and a <throat> half ago. Got to give me a. Give me some. Slack. I just never got into videos on the internet. The video. It's like it's not TV. It's <laughs> videos on the internet. It's not even not TV. It's HBO. It's like dude, I'm technically all of the current quote unquote television I watch is technically videos off the yeah, internet. Yeah, it's all it's almost all entirely streaming. It's streaming. It's so all, it's all streaming. Well, you know, that's part. We're going to actually talk about some of that about that later in the business section. Let's get into some new stuff. But first, we have a, an update from last week. I'm Jason Cogburn. That's Chris Crespo. This <laughs> is an update from last week's news segment. Next on 2020? <laughs> fade out. Or is it 60 minutes? 60 minutes, 60 minutes. Uh, and then they like the, they like the fade out. So I'll uh, fade it out. Okay. Um... Updates from last week, uh, uh, the continuing fallout from the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit with Disney. We talked about last week how um, Disney put out the the statement where, like, Scarlett Johansson's a bitch. She already made $20 million. Does she want more money? Get the fuck out of here, woman. And then other people were like, whoa, Disney. What the fuck was that? No. They were shocked by that. So, 
a little bit of a week later post-mortem on these things. Disney's taking a big PR hit within the industry, uh, being seen more and more as a, as a company that doesn't value their employees and their workers and their artists and stuff. And um, they think the word around town, anonymous executives, et cetera, et cetera, are placing the blame on new Disney CEO, Bob Chappick. Okay. Um, the previous fella, Bob Iger, who's on his way out during the transition yeah. period, he was known as like a, a master... Um, almost like master politician in terms of working with personalities and people. He's the one that acquired Lucasfilm and Fox and, you know, made Disney the Goliath it is now. Uh, He inked all these deals. As if it wasn't a fucking Goliath Mm. before. Jesus Christ. He made it so much bigger, inked all these deals, got all these people working together. So much success under his reign. Um, Now this new guy is taking over and he is from a different sector. He is from the, um, like the parks and recreation and the consumer side of the Disney monolith, as opposed to the talent and the creative side where Iger is coming from. Uh, So people are like, he has taken the wrong approaches. This, the public uh, response to was uh, the wrong approach. Uh, Going to war with one of their artists with this public figure is wrong. And they think it's this guy having no um, feel for working with uh, people for people and talent and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of blame is being placed on the new CEO. Um, it's being called in, around town. The word that's being used to describe the Disney fallout is carnage. <laughs> the, that, that, that's the new Venom movie. There's a new Venom movie. Yeah. <laughs> they dropped that trailer. I haven't seen that yet, but they dropped that trailer. I, I, watched, I saw it. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's fucking weird, man. It's Andy Serkis's Venom. I, dude, it's oh, like I don't, I don't know. It's like this weird action comedy thing. Yeah, it's like buddy cop bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie talking to Venom to the symbiote. It's so weird. They're leaning harder into that this time. I'm not surprised. It is, it is very strange. Um, supporting. Scarlett Hansen publicly is a Hollywood hotshot producer, Jason Bloom from Bloomhouse, okay. who is a first off there in bed with Universal, yeah. so he can afford to be like fuck Disney right yeah. now. Um, but he's like good for he put out a statement where it's like good for Scarlett Hansen um, standing up for artists and standing for herself, et cetera, et cetera. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of goodwill is is building up around Scar Joe. She yeah. hates that around Scar <laughs> Joe, and uh, Disney is not finding themselves winning any uh, favors with anyone mm-hmm. with the way they're approaching this. And then finally, uh, for the updates from last week's segment, Juice Cogburn, uh, from the last couple of weeks, I, I don't know why the story must keep evolving, but I guess it does. What's his name? Frank Fritz from American Pickers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Alcoholic. Alcoholic. Back surgery. Has left the show. Mike Wolf hasn't contacted him in two years. All this stuff. It's a lot of back and forth there. Here's the latest update. Um, Mike Wolf finally puts out a statement. I have known Frank for as long as I can remember. He's been like a brother to me. The journey that Frank, Danny, that's the, the girl that's back at the shop, and I started back in 2009. Uh, like all of life has come with its highs and lows, busting challenges, but it has also been rewarding. I will miss Frank just like all of you. It sounds like he's dead. And I pray for the very best and all good things for him on the next part of his journey. 
like really dismissive too. Like Frank is done. He ain't yeah. coming back here. Um, and that seems like it's the end. They finally got Mike Wolf's statement. The whole thing is over. But then someone went to Frank, showed him Mike's statement. Here's Frank, who we know as the we know the editor of the show, who said they had to edit around this guy for being an asshole. Right? Here's his statement. Mike's statement was bullshit. Somebody wrote it out for him. We were never friends in grade school. I don't believe in 10 years he said five nice things to me. Unless he was cutting somebody else down and we were both laughing. Damn, Frank. All right. Did he already break his sobriety with that, with that statement? What the fuck, dude? I don't know. Um, so American Pickers Fallout continues. And I'm here. It's a num 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 num. Gobble it up. Gobble up the stupidity. That's so weird. Here we go. Next segment. Did I turn the volume down? Sorry, sorry, Drew. Sorry. You made a face like. It's fucking loud. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's got to be loud, Drew, because it's time for Hooray for Hollywood. Here's our new segment where we talk about how great Hollywood is, the people of Hollywood, <laughs> the liberalism of Hollywood. We love Hollywood. They're fantastic. So you're here there. to lick Hollywood's asshole? We're here to lick Hollywood's asshole. We're going to get into that Hollywood taint. We're going to get deep into in the crevasses of Hollywood's nether regions. And we're going to... What is that? What's that spell? Is that George Clooney's... Butthole, yes it is. <laughs> yes it is. Thank you, George Clooney. Okay, shut that off. Um, hooray for Hollywood, Joseph Cogburn. Um, <laughs> did we talk about this? We didn't talk about this last week, did we? This this broke since last Sunday. Matt Damon. Did we talk about Matt Damon last week? I don't think so. Oh my god. Is he, is he having a bad week? <laughs> hooray for Hollywood, Joseph Cogburn. When whenever people ever complain about the Hollywood elites and the yeah. leftists and the the I just think about stories like this where Matt Damon doing the rounds for his movie Stillwater okay. um, where he's like I'm a man of Knox's daddy or whatever but not really yeah. uh, it's one of these things remember a couple of years ago when Liam Neeson was doing interviews and for out of the blue in one random interview he was like when I was young uh, a friend of mine was raped by a black man and I went out to, to the streets looking for any yeah. black man to yeah. murder him uh-huh. right Yeah. and it's like oh why are you telling this old <laughs> racist story he's like to prove that I used to be a racist but I'm not so racist now like I don't know it still sounds pretty funny. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't have, no one asked you hey Liam Neeson you got any old racist stories you can share with us right now right Matt Damon did the same thing. Matt Damon just stepped in a little bit of a Liam Neeson pool here of shit, <laughs> where he tells a story. Um, man, th- and this thing evolved fast over a couple days. So initially, he says, um, "Man, where's where's the where's the initial one?" Yes. <laughs> This is so funny. Okay, UK's Sunday Times. Damon gets backlash for this. He tells this anecdote. Obviously expecting it to be everyone. Like, oh, pat on the back. This guy is great. What a wonderful, evolved human being. Mm-hmm. He, he reminds me of the term SBK used for uh, the local morning show here. The old host of the local morning show. These old guys called them um, enlightened rednecks. Okay. Where just because they're slightly progressive doesn't mean they're still not pieces of shit on yeah. the inside. The word that my daughter calls the F slur for a homosexual was commonly used when I was a kid with a different application, Damon told the Times. I made a joke months ago and got a treatise for my daughter. She left the table. I said, come on, that's a joke. I say it in the movie, stuck on you. She went to her room and wrote a very long, beautiful treatise on how that word is dangerous. I said, I retire the F slur. I understood, end quote. 
Oh, we got this. So what? Mm-hmm. So why? Ask the questions. Ask the questions. Why even tell the story? I don't understand the context of even trying to tell the story. But how? I guess it's about the father-daughter relationship, and now your daughter makes you a better person. Because Stillwater is about a character who is trying to save his daughter, get his daughter out of prison, right? In a foreign country. So it, I can see... All right, so it's making some sort of father-daughter connection. No. Many, many things here. First off, his daughter calls it the F-slur. Mm-hmm. That's a weird... F-slur? Yeah. Did he also say it's the N-slur? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's F-word, guys. Are they trying to separate F-slur from fuck? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Look well, in our house. Maybe we have the, the F word. Yes, that's what I'm saying. In yeah. our house, we have the F word and we have the F slur, and you have to know which one you want to use. And then also, it's like, God damn it, Drusic uh, word. Don't think about elephants. What are you thinking about? Elephants. When they say <laughs> F slur, like God, what's in my brain Ooh. now? I don't want to think about it. But it's on my head. Yeah. Um, so F slur for homosexual is hysterical <laughs> to yeah. describe that word. I like the Tom and Dan old school. Now it's been a while. F word for gays. Just say F word for gays. Yeah, it's F word for gays. It's, if you want to, if you want to put it in someone's head without actually saying it, that's what yeah. you say. And yeah. now, and now you're bigoted by association. Uh huh. Um, ah, the nineties. What an awful time to live. The nineties. He <laughs> says, "I made a joke quote months ago." Dude, I have in twenty twenty one. Like, like maybe a couple years after I got into college. Is when like I started to start falling out of favor. Well, it just like yeah, yeah pretty much. I mean, that's that's, well, that's it, the timeline: two thousand four, two thousand five. That, that and I started to realize like what like I mean, what yeah. you're saying, what it means. Yeah. yeah, sure. How it's affecting people around me. You actually meet a, a gay person. Yeah. Like, oh wait, I don't. I didn't mean. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Uh-huh. Okay, so <clears throat> you understand, and that was fifteen years ago. Yeah, that was that was fifteen years. Fifteen years ago. Yeah. Okay, and you were like a nineteen-year-old person, twenty-year-old maybe. Yeah, probably. Prob- you were yeah, young, uh, young, early twenties. You were a young man, early twenties. Was a fifty fucking something-year-old man <laughs> with a family. He was, oh yeah, I did this months ago, and then he says, "Come on, that's a joke." I say it in the movie, "Stuck on You." Pause. You're using a a Fairly Brothers movie as your reference. That oh, it's fine to use this word because I'm just referencing the Fairly Brothers movie <coughs> I was in. First off, the movie's in two thousand from two thousand three. No. That's a long ass time ago. No. That was a time when yeah, it was fine to throw. I mean, when was the Hangover? Two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. Remember what does he pull up? Paging Doctor Faggot. I think is what he I says. Don't, you don't remember actually, that? I don't remember that. Bradley Cooper says that in the very beginning of the first when they pull up to Ed Helms' yeah. house and he calls that from. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being in a theater full of people and we all laugh. Oh, that's so funny. I even laughed. Haha, that's so funny. It ain't funny. We're using the F slur, <laughs> F slur for homosexual yeah. for your, to your friends. This is a different time. Chris. Be nice to your friends. <laughs> nice of them and then don't be not nice to the F-slurs F-slur <laughs> it's such a uh, it's such an ugly way the F-slur I hate it and then he uses the Fairley Brothers to get the fuck out of here um okay so that was the original quote okay and then and then it comes out the interview comes out and then everyone's like holy shit Matt Damon retired using this word in 2021 what the fuck is wrong with this privileged white man <laughs> exactly uh, what it is right. by man. so then uh, he issues a statement well his people issue a statement mm-hmm. and here's the statement notice how in this statement he now completely changes the, the story during a recent interview I recall the discussion I had with my daughter where I attempted to contextualize for her the progress that has been made since I was growing up in Boston <laughs> and as a child heard the word and then here it's this is a written statement so it says and heard the word F asterisk G is how he decides to write it out. 
used on the street before I knew what it even referred to. Yeah. I have never called anyone F, asterisk, 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 T. <laughs> like he, that's how he decided to write this out. Yeah. In my personal life, and this conversation with my daughter was not a personal awakening, I do not use slurs of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a 2007 GQ interview. Yeah. Where someone asked him what he and Ben Affleck did with their Goodwill hunting money. This is Matt Damon. No. Quote, we knew it would just be so gay to get the same car. And our friends would be making fun of us like, you fags, what are you doing? Damon said, end quote. No, he's never used a slur in his life ever. That's the very next sentence in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Matt. And I apologize for using the words. It's hard to, you know, talk about all this shit. And it's written right in front of me. But yeah. when I get across that, what the Matt Damon's an idiot. <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. I've never used these words in my life. Well, well uh, <laughs> actually. <laughs> actually. And then, he, and then you know he's going to be like, I didn't mean it that way. It's just, you no, know. Yes. Yes, you did. It's like that South Park episode where the kids were trying to argue that all the, the motorcycle, the Harley Davidson people are driving around mm-hmm. with their loud motorbikes. Like, these guys are a bunch of F-words. And it's like, you can't use that. That's a slur. It's like, that's we don't mean it. We don't, we have nothing wrong with gay people. We're, but we're saying what these guys are doing, it makes them, like, they're trying to say that the word has changed in meaning. And no, no, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, no. We'll talk about them in a second. Ooh, I, that I heard about. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a second. Um, so, uh, and then people then also pointed out how a couple years ago with the last season of Project Greenlight, um, one of the producers, Effie Brown, a black woman, tried to point out to Matt Damon and the other people working on the show that, hey, we need more black people behind the camera working mm-hmm. on the production side because we have a black character here and what we're doing is kind of skirting, like it, it could be insensitive. She was trying to advocate for more diversity behind the camera and then Matt Damon on the show that they didn't edit together and put out there for people to watch it was like um, uh, well when, when we talk about diversity we look, we shoot for diversity in front of the camera but not behind the camera and he tried to it became known as Damon explaining uh, how he was uh, and then she this lady Effie Brown she on the show was like wow she just audibly was like holy shit mm-hmm. this fucking white man just went there with the whole merit based system and oh Matt Damon God damn it, Damon. Um, hurry for Hollywood. Also, Seth MacFarlane uh, regrets having Family Guy on the Fox Network for so many years in the face of what Fox News and the Rupert, oh. Rupert Murdoch family mm-hmm. and all of them have done to politics and society at large, et cetera, et cetera. And Tucker Carlson uh, is currently getting his ire. Tucker Carlson being the host of the number one rated news program, quote, news program in America. And uh, and he was that's like, scary. Yeah, that is scary, isn't it? That sucks. That's terrible. And he is like, this sucks. I don't want to be. He put out a, like a tweet. He's like, I don't want to be part of Fox anymore. He addressed it to Fox like this. We need to get a divorce. By the way, I've been. You may have not have noticed, but I've been seeing NBC Universal on the side anyway because everything else he's been doing has been with Universal. Oh, that's the end of the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> and um, but then also a couple months ago he. Re- Family Guy re-signed a deal with Fox for two two more seasons. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, talk out both sides of the mouth type of thing, Mr. McFarlane there, yeah. where you're uh-huh. like, well, you can give, you can give any the money back? You give him the money back? Maybe you're going to do the thing where perhaps he, uh, you feel like maybe you're going to give it <clears throat> No. I'm doing the Family Guy thing he, with, he, with Stewie there. Yeah, no, he, no he's not going to. It's time to talk about the biz. Juice Cogburn. That's right. The movie biz, ever evolving. 
I, I got nothing else. This, this is weird. So. <laughs> that's a that's Shark Tank. <laughs> okay. Never seen Shark Tank, wouldn't know. Yeah, I know. I had to look it up. I'm, like, I'm sure there's a theme song. <laughs> and and there was. There was. Quick quick biz stories. Reese Witherspoon officially sold her um, production company, Hello Sunshine. For a minute, it looked like she was going to sell it to Apple for a cool billion dollars. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for her company, which has been now around, I don't know, six years, five years, six years has been... Producing movies and TV shows of relative success, um, but that that deal did not happen. Instead, um, she sold it to another company for a mere nine hundred million dollars. That is ridiculous. Yeah, so good for you, Reese Witherspoon. Wow. Speaking of nine hundred million dollars, Shay Parker, and Matt Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of money being thrown around. Out there. Yeah. I liked the movie Wild. Remember? Did you see that I, one? I never saw it. It's a good one. Yeah. I thought it was good enough that I fucking got the book, the memoir that mm-hmm. was based on it. I read the book. And I was like, damn, it's a good book. And then, like, retroactively, I was like, that was a good adaptation of this book. Like, they did a good job of mm-hmm. getting this stuff across. I recommend. I recommend both. I think that was maybe the first movie, or maybe the second movie that she produced with this Hello Sunshine company. I think Gone Girl is a Hello Sunshine production. Okay. Yeah. And she was developing it for her. And then she hired David Fincher, and David Fincher was like, you're not right for this role. <laughs> and she's like, okay, and then you're, as a, you're David Fincher, so and, yeah. I, I trust you. And then as a producer, she was like, okay, and she dropped out, and they got Rosamund Pike, and that movie was a fucking hit. Yeah. It was a hit. So that's why she got $900 million. Parker and Stone uh, got $900 million from uh, Viacom CBS for uh, a few more seasons, but more interestingly, 14 Jeez. movies. They can't all be South Park movies. There's got to be there's gotta be something else that they're doing. There must be a basketball two in the works or something. 14 movies all for Paramount Plus. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so uh, almost a billion dollars to these guys. That's wild. That's crazy wild stuff. Uh, you, knew, you know who did hit a billion, though? Hmm. Pluto TV. That fucking app. What? The, the, free, <laughs> the free movie and TV mm-hmm. app, Pluto TV, ad-supported. Um, they hit a billion dollars in annual revenue one year ahead of their projected schedule. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they did it by replicating sort of the cable experience by having a whole bunch of dedicated channels and then they have a guide that you can scroll through so things are just you can just flip through it when I'm if and, it's and like, things are already playing already playing if it's late at night and I'm struggling to pick something to watch I go to Pluto and it's Price is Right or American Gladiators there's a Mission Impossible channel there's like it's so easy to just put that on and just watch whatever is playing because then it's also the type of thing where like okay now I'm done 20 minutes later I'm going to bed yeah. I can just shut it off Yeah, I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter I'm not invested in it mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit there in the living room just staring at a, a, the black mirror <laughs> contemplating my existence I guess I could watch an episode of Black Mirror Complete your existence <laughs> <laughs> so almost 3 billion dollars in this week's news segment you're Chicago it's just being thrown around. Shark Tank is a show. That's all I got. That's a lot of money. Have you ever seen Shark Tank? I've, I like think I said I've, no. I've seen the episode. You, you didn't say no. I saw the Jesse Wolf uh, segment, I think, at least. I didn't watch the whole episode where he tried to sell them on hummus. Mm-hmm. That's a hard sell. Mashed beans. Yeah, chickpeas. But they're delicious. They are. They're delicious. All right, here we go. <laughs> Time for new movies. We're talking about movies coming out in theaters, etc., etc. 
treat. I just realized that song's about going to the lobby, not the theater. Mm-hmm. Scratch that. Yeah. Uh, going to get popcorn and soda. James Gunn calling out Martin Scorsese for his criticism of uh, comic book movies, okay. which happened years ago. Yeah. But for some reason, James Gunn wants to bring it back up again. Okay. Um, he thinks that Martin Scorsese was critical of Marvel movies at the time because he was trying to drum up interest for the Irishman. Okay. So he calls. Martin Scorsese's critique of that of comic book movies awful cynical quote awful cynical is what he says as it was awfully cynical Um, because he thought it was just a way to get people's attention news media's attention on him for his movie to which I gotta say I think that's awfully cynical awfully cynical of James Gunn to see uh, Scorsese's mild critique of Marvel movies and be like He's just doing this to drum up publicity for his movie, blah, blah, blah. Which is, it's a fucking Netflix movie. He didn't have to. There's no publicity to be drummed up. Or maybe People have Netflix or they don't. Maybe he's just not into comic book movies. He's not into comic book movies. Which is fine. And and the big critique that people don't, that he had that people don't like is that he's like, um, these big spectacle only movies are muscling out um, adult dramas. Which is shown in the fact that his movie, The Irishman, would only be made by Netflix. And his current movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, is only going to be made by Apple. You know, no. studios aren't stepping up to make these movies because they don't have uh, uh, superheroes and tights. Because they're not big Marvel movies. It's not... Well, it's, or it's not Dune. It's not, or, <laughs> Dune. They're, Warner Brothers are like, damn it, we should not have made this movie. That's <laughs> I'm, not, I'm afraid the second one's never going to happen. That's not, uh, cause I was about to say, that's not good, Chris, because I want the second one yeah, to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because it's going to be so expensive. It's not going to make its money. Oh, God. And then, then Warner Brothers are like, yeah, we got to do this again? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, yeah, you do. You got to do it all over again. We're, we're going to get a great part one and we'll never get a part two. Um, And then it's like, if you ask me, what am I going to want to rewatch? Any Marvel movies or any James Gunn comic book movies? Because now you got to consider Suicide Squad. Or any Martin Scorsese movies. Like, I'm going to watch the Scorsese movies. They're way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I have no reason to rewatch any of the Avengers movies. No, I never rewatch those movies. Ever. I see them the one time; they're fine, they're great. I enjoy Ragnarok. Watch that a few times. Uh, like none of the Marvel movies I've even watched on the level of like Into the Spider Verse. You know yeah, I mean? no, you know. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino said that if he was gonna right now just make a good movie, mm-hmm. like he's not trying to knock it out of the park, not make a big epic. He just wanted to make something that's good. He would make First Blood. The original Rambo movie, mm. but he would do a straight adaptation of the book, which just means way more people die and both both main characters die at the end. Okay, and he would cast Adam Driver as John Rambo. Okay, and Kurt Russell as the sheriff character. Okay, yeah, but, but I would like to see that movie. Wouldn't that be incredible? <laughs> I would love to see that movie. Oh, that would be an incredible movie. Please, uh, please make that movie. Please, please make that movie. We beg you. There's a Nick Cage movie coming out called Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Okay. Where uh, he plays a guy who has like a bunch of bombs strapped to different limbs of his body. And it's sort of like an escape from... This article incorrectly says it's like a, it's Mad, Mac, Mad Max-esque. Mm-hmm. But it's Escape from New York-esque is what it is. Okay. It already played at uh, Sundance Film Festival. Um, so how many of his limbs does he end up losing? That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. It's, how, how does that all go? It's being dubbed uh, one of the crazy movies of 2021. It's getting here we go. Really, September 17, 2021. Theaters and VOD. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Um, 
This is Nick Cage talking about it. It's out there. I wear a skin-tight black leather jumpsuit with grenades attached to different body parts. If I don't rescue the governor's daughter from the state line or they're all ghosts and bring her back, they're going to blow me up. Okay. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. It's kind of, yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to be that good. Nah, but it's going to be fun, though. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, Chad Salheski, director of Deadpool 2 and other action movies, will be directing a movie called Shibumi, which is an adaptation, a movie adaptation of a, of a book about an assassin. Um, published in 1979, the novel by Travanian, which is a pseudonym for Rodney William Whitaker, details a struggle between the mother company, a conspiracy of energy companies that secretly controls much of the Western world, and a highly skilled assassin named Nikolai Hell. Okay. Uh, assassins. Assassins. He's making another Assassins movie. He's also, in addition to that, he's developing the Highlander reboot at Lionsgate that Henry Cavill is going to star in. And at New Line, he's developing an action movie called Classified. And at Sony, he's developing the adaptation of the video game Ghost of Tsushima. So it's not a man fucking Highlander reboot with Superman are you serious hell yeah <laughs> and they found a super, they found a Highlander that can speak English this time too which is even better it's kind of it's kind of be weird without Christopher Lambert <laughs> they'll, they'll get Lambert in there maybe Lambert will play the the Sean Connery role Ooh. he's like he's like he'll play a Spaniard another <laughs> yeah. not Spaniard yes Spaniard. oh please please that'd be that, please. that'd actually just make sense <laughs> it would wouldn't it um, Joe Carnahan uh, directed his most popular movie, maybe Smoking Aces, maybe. My favorite Joe Carnahan movie is Narc with Ray Liotta and Jason Patrick from the early 2000s. You've seen that one? Yeah, that was good. Great movie. Um, great little cop movie, dirty cop movie. Uh, he has one come up called Cop Shop. That, I saw. I just saw the trailer, saw the trailer for that, for that? on, uh, I think it was... The internet somewhere. There you go. Definitely not. Definitely the internet for sure. The internet. Yeah. Frank, Gerard Butler. Frank Grillo's got Frank really Grillo. long hair. He's got a really long hair. It looks weird. Um, he is like locked in a jail. He gets arrested and a bunch of people are tr- coming to kill him. Uh, including Gerard Butler. Who's a contract doctor. Gerard Butler is one of them. And who was, who's the other guy? That, that skinny guy who's like been in a bunch of comedies and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. He looks uh-huh. very familiar. He, he almost looks like Arnie, strongest man in the world. Is that Arnie, strongest man in the world? I think it might have, I think it might be. I think it's Arnie, no, strongest man in the world. So. Are you sure? Like, maybe. I don't know. Let's find out. Um, so Cop Shop is a new Joe Carnahan movie the trailer just came out and it actually looks pretty fun it looks, it, like a, it looks like a cool action movie sort of John Carpenter-ish again speaking of John Carpenter so just wanted to put that out there let people know hey Toby Huss is to- the actor yeah Toby Huss that's a guy from uh, Pete and Pete almost positive he's a guy from Pete and Pete um, as Drew Sakaguchi looks that up, I'll pull up the next story here, which is Matthew Vaughn's spy movie Argyle gets sold to Apple for two hundred million dollars. What? Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of goddamn money, and that's why that's how you don't get Samuel L. Jackson suing you for for profit participation because he's getting paid forty fifty million. I think he's in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog release date got pushed. Due to COVID, um, whatever studios put it out, they don't like its prospects right now in the theaters due to virus resurgence. Right. You were right, Chris. To- Toby yeah, Huss. Toby is Huss in. is already the strongest man in the world. Already the strongest man in the world is trying to kill, uh, not, not the Punisher. Well, he's, he's King, our Punisher and King. Our Punisher and King Leonidas is in the way. 
was a really fat. He's like, I'm, 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 an, I'm an American. <clears throat> I'm, an, I'm an American. So Clifford, the big red dog, it's delayed. Sorry, Drew. Nobody cares. Um, the Flash movie just had their second bite cycle accident. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's better be an exciting movie with all yeah, the crashes that happen. Um, the Blue Beetle. Uh, the guy got cast as Blue Beetle. He put out a post uh, uh, on Instagram like celebrating that he got cast as Blue Beetle. So that movie is currently like it's moving forward. There's development. That's HBO Warner Brothers second of two comic book movies being made specifically for HBO Max. Yeah. Not theaters at all. That's It's Batgirl and it's Blue Beetle. So we'll see how those go. Speaking of comic book movies, Chronicle 2. Oh, really? The One of the producers has an idea. It's a strong idea, and he really wants to make this movie happen. Interesting. And he even says part of the reason why he wants to make Chronicle 2 happen is because Chronicle is his most profitable movie, whereas, whereas this guy, John Davis. John Davis has been around for a while. Chronicle was literally the best return on investment any of my movies ever made. We did it for $12 million, and it grossed 126 worldwide. Then it had a huge afterlife in syndication. It's one of the most financially successful movies in my stable. So. Are they going to get Michael B. Jordan to come back? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's going to cost him a lot, of, that'd cost oh, him, I, cost him a lot more money. This character died, too, so. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, no, it'll be later. It'll be 10 years later. But here, here's this quote. It says we're working on it at Fox, which is interesting that he calls it Fox, because Fox has been renamed 20th Century Studios. Yeah. But they, they're back at 20th Century Studios, and um, they're going to tell from a female point of view, it will have been 10 years since the event happened in Seattle. A lot of it is going to deal with fake news and real news and cover-ups. More interestingly, it's the next generation getting these powers that are corruptive. These are young women, just finishing college, they're empowered, and this is their journey, etc., etc. Chronicle 2, the ladies. Chronicle 2, ladies' choice. <laughs> ladies' night. Uh, and final new movies news for movie news. David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future has started shooting in Greece. Yes. It's fucking happening, Jessica Cogburn. It's going to be bonkers. Um, cast includes uh, Vigo Mortensen, Leah Sidhu, Kristen Stewart, and also this lady, Tanaya Betty from Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Principal Photography has begun in Athens. It will run through September. Cast also includes Scott Speedman. Oh, wow. Look at that. And, oh, that's crazy. Greek people. Greek names that I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, they were... Oh, who, who is this? Who's, who's even speaking? This is a Vigo Mortensen statement. As we begin filming just two days into this new adventure with David Cronenberg, it feels like we've entered a story he collaborated on with Samuel Beckett and William Burroughs, if that were possible. We are being pulled into a world that is not quite like this or any other, and yet is one that feels strangely familiar, immediate, and quite incredible. Quite credible. I can't wait to see where we end up. Um, and here is his, uh, what does Cronenberg say about the crimes of the future? According to promotional materials, the film takes a deep dive into the not-so-distant future where humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state into a metamorphosis known as Accelerated Evolution Syndrome. <laughs> it Fu- al- future shock. Future shock, baby. <laughs> it alters their biological makeup, and while some embrace this limitless potential of transhumanism, others attempt to police it. Here's Cronenberg, quote, I have unfinished business 
with the future. It's good. It's gonna be a lot of. It's gonna be crazy, weird, weird shit, shit, man. I mean, there might be literally video drone people. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is gonna be some like crazy, like all of it mishmashed together. I mean, so we have like history of violence, Eastern promises. What was that one where it was the Nietzsche movie? Um, uh, uh, right? Did you see that one? I don't think so. Where Mortensen was Freud, Fastbinder was Nietzsche. A dangerous method. I got there. I got there. A dangerous method. It's like he's made all these movies, and they're all good. Spider's another one. He's made all these great movies in the 21st century. Yeah. But it's been since 1999's Existence when we've gotten into any fucking body, real body horror from Cronenberg. Yeah. Maps of the Stars. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Um, Cosmopolis. Yeah. Rob Hansen. Like, these are all weird, cool movies. But we haven't gotten to... It's been a while I since it's gonna be we dealt horror. with the flesh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's time to get back with the flesh. Accelerated evolution syndrome. Yeah. Shock. It's future shock, baby. <laughs> that's that's the... That's, so so Cronenberg's going cyberpunk. I'm cool with that. Cronenberg cyberpunk uh, with the new hit single, Future Shock, baby. From uh, That's what we're going to write. We're mm. going to come up with... All right, here we go. <laughs> Here's our next segment. This is our a segment on streaming services. Enjoy our streams. Enjoy our streams. Take a, take a stream with us as we stream. Oh, man. Speaking of Adult Swim, did you see the uh, the Black Lotus trailer? No, I didn't watch it yet. But I know it's out there. The Blade Runner Black Lotus? Yes, yes. It was just cool that now it's finally uh, has like a release date and stuff. And yeah. They're, and they're, yes. Does it look good? Did it you does, watch it? Yeah, yeah. I watched it. It looks good. I mean, I, I, yes, I, I, yes, yes, yes. I hope. I mean, it's going to be on HBO Max, right? Because it's yes. Adult Swim and Crunchyroll, which yeah. is both on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. I'm fully expecting to watch okay. on HBO Max, 100. Um, okay, let's run through some of these stream stories because we're we're pretty much out of time here. Um, speaking of David Cronenberg, Jessica Cameron, Rachel Weiss <laughs> is producing and starring in a Amazon series adaptation of Dead Ringers. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sure. That's so it's going to be Rachel Weiss and Rachel Weiss and what? So it, are, it, are it, they going to be female gynecologists? It is a gender like swapped version of some sort. Yes, they're, they're, they are doing that. Um, yeah, I'm fucking Dead Ringer show with Rachel Weiss. That's going to be obvious. I mean, yeah. Come on. What? I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Just, just give it to me. Just give it to me. I'll, I'll watch it with open hearts and open minds. Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, yeah. son of Eugene. He's co-writing and starring in an animated show called Standing By, and it's about a bunch of guardian angels, but they're like a bunch of fuck-ups, I guess. Okay. So Dan Levy's stuff is coming, which is fun. This is interesting. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot now is happening at NBC. Um, someone put out a trailer a couple years ago, like sort of a fake trailer. What would the Fresh Prince be like? It was rebooted like a gritty drama, no. like Empire or some shit, right? And uh, it got so much attention that BET picked it up and they're like we were actually going to produce this version hour long drama version of Fresh Prince everyone's on board we're doing this uh, they have now gone through a few showrunners and the show is now pretty much moved over to NBC Peacock okay. and Will Smith announced just to let everyone know straight up that the style of the show is shifting they're no are, they are no longer going for hour long prestige drama <laughs> <laughs> and instead it's going to be like it's still going to be a, dr- a dramatic version of it but it's going to be for a, a quote wider broader audience so expect it to be more like a this is us version of of uh, Fresh Prince okay. on, on Peacock so I'm a little disappointed actually by that 
Um, not good news for him. J.J. Abrams Production Company. He's been producing uh, Overlook Hotel, the prequel series to The Shining. Okay. And HBO Max was being developed over there. Not anymore. Mm, HBO is passing. They don't like what they're seeing. And now uh, Bad Robot has to shop the Overlook show to see who's going to pick it up. I'm sure someone will. I mean, I'm sure, yeah. Apple, probably. I can see Apple picking up on it. spends a lot of money on fucking content. So much money. Oh, my God. She was a comment. (laughs) So much money. Um, HBO, speaking of them stopping stuff, they halted production on a show called White House Plumbers, which is a show about um, the guys who... They organized about about Mario and Luigi (laughs) getting into the White House, um, about the guys who orchestrated the the Watergate break-in. Okay. It's it's on the break-in side as opposed to the investigative side. Um, but they had to shut it down due to, quote, unprofessional behavior on the set, close quote. Oh. What the fuck? No further details announced. But some... Somebody's fucking around. Is it Woody Harrelson? I think Woody Harrelson's on the show. Is he pinching butts? What's oh, happening wow. over there? It's probably not Woody Harrelson. Um, speaking of Apple TV, they just canceled their first show. Ooh. There's a show that they did called Little Voice. Um, this musician, Sarah Bareilles. Bareilles? Bareilles? You don't know her name? People know. She's pretty popular. Um, she had a show called Little Voice that was a dramatic show, but about a, a young singer and all this stuff. And it's Apple TV's first, like, we're not doing this no nope, more. It didn't work. Yep. For whatever reason. They've, they've greenlit a lot of stuff, but it's, a network truly starts growing. When you start canceling. When they start canceling this shit. Um, Sandman season one has finished shooting. Ooh. So that's, wow, that's actually, ha- that's fucking actually happening. Isn't that crazy? That's going to be fucking weird as hell. I'm looking forward to it. And um, remember Robert Rodriguez's L. Ray Network that was on yes, cable for a couple for a of years. While. Yep. Well, it's coming back as a streaming channel. Okay. So expect it to start popping up on a certain apps or whatever, and it will be officially the first time a cable network switches. Like a, it's called a linear network. Yeah. It's the first time something like that will switch to a streaming only. Network. Interesting. So uh, Robert Rodriguez in the forefront there, and then also uh, this is fascinating. So um, I'm actually going to click on the headline here because this is uh, interesting little detail. He's working with um, Cinedime is the name of this uh, the, the company that he's doing a partnership with. That sounds like some sort of like weird Blade Runner future cinema corporation. Doesn't yeah yeah Cinedime. Cinedime. All your dreams belong to us. <laughs> Do you need new memories? Come to Cinedime. Like, oh my God, to control us, our brains. Um, part of their deal to then turn El Rey into a streaming content provider, they will be producing and distributing Robert Rodriguez's movie Red Eleven. Okay. So, so he's, he's coming out with a new movie. He's got a new movie coming out, and it's going to be like for the El Rey network type thing. Weird. Is, yeah, that's wild. That's a crazy wild thing. Uh, let's see here. We're moving on to. Uh, oh. Nope. You hear that? Wait. Get out of here! What's your stupid goddamn mutt? Goddamn crime dog is back in. Ah, uh, well, you look here, Drew. He left us another steaming crime log out front. The crime log. Oh, uh, we got we got to clean up this McGruff crime log. Um, there was a crypto scam. Okay. That bilked an estimated eleven million dollars out of investors. Cool. Um, John DeMar is a 55-year-old California private investigator who served as the front man for the scam. Um, he just pled guilty to fraud. Um, 500 investors. Goddamn, that's a lot of suckers. I mean, victims. No. Um, 
they got him to invest money in a cryptocurrency saying that their mining operation would give them 200% gains within two to three months. And then within those three months, when that happened and people were like, okay, oh, and they would present them with fake um, yeah. financial statements showing mm-hmm. them fake gains that didn't happen. And then people were like, okay, cool. I want the, can we cash out now? Can we get some of this money? They'd be like, oh yeah, no. Why, we, why don't you just reinvest it? We actually, yeah, we actually reinvested it for you. We put it into this other thing and we did this, this, and, we did that, blah, and blah, blah. it's gone. That's all. And it's gone. And it's gone. Um, this guy was like in the uh, hiding out in Serbia. <laughs> mm. it, it was it was bad. Well, bad. when you got eleven million dollars to chill with, it was bad, bad. So, um, why why are we bringing this up? Well, this is where we uh, enter Steven Seagal. <laughs> Ooh, I have an idea for a cryptocurrency. Oh man, it's called Seagal Coin. It's called Seagal Coin. <laughs> Two Seagal Coins gets you one Subway sandwich at your participating Subway. Um, they paid Steven Seagal. It was called Bitcoin with two eyes to the number two gen. So I guess like two generations. So the second gen. Yes. Um, Bitcoin. So here's a uh, Zen master. Steven Seagal has become the brand ambassador of Bitcoin to gen. Read one press release. Um, he urges at the time 7 million followers on Facebook and 100,000 Twitter followers to quote not miss out on the B2G opportunity. He was paid he was promised $250,000 and he received plus $750,000 in B2G. That's hysterical that they offered him almost 3 quarters of a million dollars in the fake coin. Mm-hmm. He says that he received less than the 250. And he was fined $300,000 um, by the SEC for touting the coin. Oh, no, for touting a security by failing to disclose he had been paid for the endorsement. Like, people couldn't figure out that he was being paid for yeah. that shit. Get in on this new coin, guys. Um, he said he was only paid part for the 250 and he ended up paying 300 so he lost money yeah. on this endorsement deal. So uh, Good job, Steve. Good job, Steven Seagal. You're an idiot. You're a big, fat, dumb idiot with a stupid haircut. Man, I love Out for Justice. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And then final story, as we're way over time here, so just real quick, I got a new vacation spot for everyone coming up here soon. Just put your uh, piggy banks to work because the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel is opening up. Solid prices for a two night stay in one of the basic ass cabins. It's a it's a two night all inclusive interactive experience. Sure, I mean we're talking three hots in a cot, baby, for two days. So six hots in a cot plus uh, one of those two days you get to go in the theme park. Not both, but one and only the. Well, Galaxy's I think the Edge hotel park. is part th- theme park as well. That's the whole idea. That's how they have to justify the forty eight hundred dollar price tag for two people to spend two nights in the. Um, Galactic Star Cruiser, and then also Disney wants you to know this cruise does not actually go to space. Yeah. They had to put that out there. Well, you have to these days. You know, I mean, with goddamn Branson <laughs> and Bezos floating around up there, muddy in the waters of what's possible with uh, interstellar travel. Um, yes, and it sounds exciting and amazing, and I want to do it so bad, and I'm so poor. I can't. I, dude, I, I, never, I, ever, ever can I afford it. If I had. Forty-eight hundred dollars. That I don't. I don't think that is a smart use of forty. Yeah, if I had forty hundred dollars right now, I'd buy a car because that's what I need. Not, not, <laughs> not a two-night stay in a hotel where you're gonna give me Star Wars themed yeah. food. Alcohol not included. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. And now you're stuck there for two days, so you have to pay whatever it is for the alcohol, and they can. 
try whatever the fuck they want. When I go on a cruise, I get the drink package this week. <laughs> All right. Do, do you have an interstellar drink package? <laughs> oh, you know, that brings me to uh, our final thoughts, actually. Let me turn to the audience. Uh, guys, this summer, make sure you have a summer. But if you've got to wait for the winter, summer down south. If you're going to cruise, cruise booze. But if you're not going to booze, then you lose. Drew, do you have any uh, words of wisdom for the... No. Okay, well, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you, Chicago. You're welcome. Thank you, listeners. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's show. Actually, no, fuck you guys. You guys get the free show. Fuck you. You are welcome for our hard work and our sweat. I'm so sweaty right now. I'm sweating, actually. That's pretty, it's pretty comfortable here. I have the AC. I got my new AC cranking, and man, those power bills, they ain't going up. It's fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. Drew, Drew understands. He's an AC guy now. Uh, and by that, I mean... Back in black! Ow! Right? Right. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. We'll be back next week with episode 449. Feeling so fine. Uh, in the meantime, drink some wine. Time to 69. A PFT Media Production.